Well, now let's turn to the Gospel of Matthew. Gospel of Matthew. <clears throat> Since we've been studying this over the last few years in the evening service, now and then, not every time because of other things that happen, I've um, grown to love it more <laughs> and appreciate the teaching of the Gospel of Matthew. Now we know Matthew is directed toward the Jewish people and being so directed it speaks a lot of the king and that's we've been looking at that represents and presents the Lord as the king all through the Old Testament the promised seed was going to come starting there in Matthew 3 I mean Genesis 3:15 but even prior to that when the goats when the animals skins were shed in therefore their clothing and then it started picturing a future time and the seed of the woman would come has come and has been rejected the king and the kingdom is there if you if you can read through the major prophets and the minor prophets and miss it you missed what it's about it's the king coming and the king is coming and as the time drew near in Jerusalem, the expectation grew. It was high when the Lord came. It was on fever pitch, we might say. <laughs> they were looking for and, and um, hoping that their king would come in their time. Their king would come. Um, <clears throat> it can be somewhat like that with those who know what the Bible says even today. We often say, and particularly older people say, even so, come. I don't want to be here too much longer. <laughs> the Lord's got his time, hasn't he? In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 10, this is something that's repeated in most churches religiously. <laughs> I remember after doing a funeral once, there was a lot of unsaved people at the funeral. There was an unsaved man that had the funeral for and I quoted the first part of it but they just kept going and quoted the rest <laughs> unsafe people because this is something they repeat a lot but verse 10 notice well verse 9 and after this manner therefore pray our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven What's it like in heaven? Perfect. He's got full control and it's a blessed place. And we can't imagine, as we we're told this morning, what it is like. But notice, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. Thy kingdom come. It's going to come. And their prayers will be answered, but they haven't, in their, in their prayers, they're not expecting it to come as they thought. So we see, as we come to the Gospel of Matthew, the progression of the king and the kingdom in this gospel. If we turn to chapter 4 and verse 17, and we'll just be going through and sometimes going to one of the other gospels to get added information. Chapter 4, verse 17, it's written, From that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for the teaching of your word, and I pray that it would be understood by each one tonight. And, Lord, we look forward to that time when the king comes. 
And Lord, some of us will be, well, I pray that all of us here would be taken, but many will be left. And there you'll come in glory and great power, as described in the Bible, to take over and establish, take over this world, establish his kingdom. And what a wonderful day. And this planet has been rebelling for 6,000 years, the people of it. One day you will restore, restitute, regenerate, and bring back the purpose for which you created this world and establish your authority in Jerusalem. Look forward to that. And bless us as we see these things in your word tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. So here the Lord is preaching in the start of his ministry and he's saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Hey, well, what happened? That's 2,000 years ago. (laughs) Did it happen? No, not in the form that it was prophesied in the Old Testament in a literal form of him being king over this world. He was rejected. So his kingdom was at hand at that time. And I'd love to spend more time in each of these, but we're just getting the flow of the picture of the king and the kingdom in Matthew. Let's go to chapter 5 now. In chapter 5 through to chapter 7, what do we have? What do we call this? The Sermon on the Mount, or beginning with the Beatitudes that you have there. The principles of the kingdom are set out here. These are the ideal. This is how we should live. This is what it will be like when the king is here. And uh, this is some, a goal for us to reach toward. The Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they who do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And so the Beatitudes go on through there. Ye are the salt of the earth, the Lord said after verse 12. And you have there the principles by which the kingdom will be run. and, And how different it is and will be at that time. Then you get to Matthew chapter 8. And as I said, we're going quickly and just touching things. As we get there to chapter 8 and chapter 9 and following as well. But here, miracles were performed. Why were these miracles performed? To authenticate the king in the kingdom that was coming. He has the power over disease. He has the power to do this, to heal the sick, to cause the blind to see and to fix the physical problems. He has power to feed the multitudes. And so this authenticated the authority of the king as he's presented here. And for a Jew now to read Matthew, it surely would be enlightening. That's why... Andrew puts out the Gospel of Matthew because it's to the Jews. That's why he puts that out, prints it, and gives it to them and sends it to their, their leadership, the 
principals, the, um, headmasters and the rabbis and the, and the politicians, that they might read and, and get a glimpse of this because surely it would give them a lot of understanding of the king. So the miracles were performed in authenticating the king in chapter 8 and 9. And you could look at a few there, the cleansing of the leper. And Jesus heals a centurion servant. Peter's mother-in-law mother is healed. The winds and waves are stilled. The demons are cast out. In chapter 9, the man paralyzed is healed. And if you keep on going, there's the different... The, there's two miracles of healing that start with verse 18 of chapter 9. And the demonic healed in verse 27 and following. And so Jesus is authenticating that he is the king. He has the power and authority to be the king. And no other king could do what he had done then and did do. Then in chapter 10 and the first what five verses now the in verse two now the names of the twelve apostles are these the first Simon and Peter and Andrew and James and John and Philip and it goes through and we see the list of the ones that the Lord chose to be his disciples and notice in verse five these twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them saying go in not into the way of the Gentiles and into the, any city of the Samaritans, enter not. Don't go there. <laughs> but go where? To the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as ye go, preach, saying what? What he said in chapter 4, verse 17, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's nigh, it's close. And this is what they were to preach. And as they went, they also were, their message was authenticated by the miracles that could be performed. In verse 8, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils, freely have received, freely give. And so <clears throat> the disciples were chosen and sent to preach to Israel specifically. Hey, what are we told when it gets to the end of Matthew? Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. And as you, you get into the book of Acts, what were they doing? After Pentecost, they are going out into all the world and preaching the gospel. They weren't preaching the kingdom is at hand. They were preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ for people to repent and to be saved. And so the, they went out. Now, go to... Well, Mark 6, 7 speaks of that as well. But go to chapter 11 and verse 3. Of the book of Matthew, and it says there, and he said unto them, This is John the Baptizer, the Baptist, and he said unto them, Art thou he? As John was in prison, and he sent two of his disciples to ask the Lord, and say unto him, Art thou he, he that should come, or do we look for another? You see, the expectation was the king is coming. Art thou he, or do we look for another? Is there another? Are you the king? That's what he's asking. <laughs> Until Shiloh come. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 49 and verse 10. Genesis 49 and verse 10. 
the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. <laughs> you see, they were expecting this to happen. And John the Baptist was saying, you see, he, he's in jail. And you'd say, well, if the kingdom's coming, what am I doing in jail? I should be on the loose. I should be out there preaching. And he was a mighty preacher. He got a lot of people listening. He even had all the religious, well, not all, but many of the religious leaders coming down to hear him. He didn't go into them. They come out to him. And he was baptizing. I remember there. <clears throat> if you go to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 18 and verse 15. Deut Deuteronomy 18 and verse 15. And 18 of the same chapter. Verse 15. Of Deuteronomy 18, the Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee, of thy brethren like unto me, unto him ye shall hearken. In verse 18, I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren like unto thee, and I'll put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak unto them, speak unto them all that I shall command him. And this is what John the Baptizer was thinking. Is, are you he? Are you the one that's promised in the Old Testament? And do we look for or wait for another? We know that John the Baptist was the forerunner, wasn't he? He was going to pre prepare the way. And greater than John the Baptist had not um, been seen among men, as the Lord even said that. And so that question is put. And the Lord answered that question to John's disciples that were sent to him from John. Uh, and he said in verse 4 the Lord said go answer and, and he said unto them go and show John again those things which you do hear and see the blind receive their sight the lame walk the lepers are cleansed so yes John believed that he was the one but he, John couldn't see how this was figuring out that the kingdom was coming the king's here the kingdom's been preached miracles are happening and so things seem to be moving forward and growing in, in intensity as the Lord ministered. Now we go to chapter 13. 13. And there's lots of other things you could look and find, discover for yourself. But in chapter 13 and verse 10, after the Lord had preached the seed and the, the sower and the seed and the four places it fell on, the disciples came in verse 10 and said unto him, and we've covered this some months or a year ago, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? Why have you changed your method of teaching? What is happening? And he answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but unto them it is not given. He's talking both about Jewish people. Unto you who believe and trust in me, <clears throat> it's given for you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them who have rejected and said no to me as king and reject the authentic, the authentic king and the authentication that he's done all the miracles, what, what more proof do you want? Didn't they say, well, if one rose from the dead, I'll believe. Well, he did raise people from the dead. He did perform all those miracles. Why didn't they believe? Huh. Notice back in chapter 12 of the book of Matthew and verse 31. 
Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven men, but blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven men. You see, here these people, those that rejected, were called, well, blasphemers. They had seen the work of God. They'd seen the work of the Holy Spirit. They probably felt the tug of God on their hearts and they said no. And whosoever speaketh a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the, the one to come. So <clears throat> the Lord is changing how he is teaching. He's changing to parables. And for you, it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. See, he's changed the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. And today we understand what these mysteries, and as you go through there, he's beginning to teach stuff that, uh, doctrines and teachings that we teach today in preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the seed and the sower. I mean, that's a perfect example of that. And so he's, he's presenting this to the disciples, their understanding, but he's not going to give it to the Jews. They've blasphemed the work of God. They've blasphemed the... Really, they're just saying, no, no, he's not the king. He's, he's not authentic. What more, what more can you do than to, to, to do all he did to show them who he really was? And they said, no, he's not. And so he's going to preach. And we went through the parables there, the great parables, Matthew chapter 13. The mystery of the kingdom of heaven parables. This is the mystery form, the kingdom's taking, the church age. Well, the, the Jews are in rejection and have been rejected. They've rejected him and he's rejected them because of their blasphemy. Then in chapter 16 and verse 18, if we go there. And <clears throat> here and in 13... And in 18, verse 17, notice what the Lord is saying. And I say unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my what? Church. He didn't say I'll build Israel. I'll build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He's introduced. Shall build. <laughs> I will build, sorry, I will build my church. It's a future thing and it's shortly going to come to pass. And so he's introducing the church, which was new to these. They didn't understand this, but he's starting to preach and minister that. In chapter 18 and verse 17, he gives, if there's problems in the church, how to deal with that. In verse 17, and it shall, if he neglect to hear them, tell it to the church. And so there is the church mentioned again. So the Lord spoke of the future formation of the church and how to work things within the church. And then we go to chapter 19 and verse 27 and 28. Then Peter answered, or then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we've forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? <laughs> and Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto you that... Ye who have followed me in the regeneration when the Son of Man comes or shall sit on the throne of his glory. So see, see what he's just said? There's a time in the future in the regeneration back to Genesis when the Son of Man sits on the throne of his glory ye shall sit upon the twelve thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. 
What shall we get? Well, this is the possession you'll get. And everyone that forsaketh house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. So the Lord answered his question, but it's a future thing, is it not? In that time of regeneration, when the Son of Man, and, and that gives the time when the Son of Man shall sit on the throne of his glory, and he's not down here sitting on the throne of his glory. <laughs> he is seated at the right hand of power on high at present. So <clears throat> Peter asked the question, he got that answer. James and John's mother made a request just over the page in chapter 20 and verse 21. And he said unto her, What wilt thou? She said unto him, Grant that these my two sons may sit one on the right hand and the other on the left hand in thy kingdom. (laughs) These chaps had it in their mind. (laughs) They were looking for the kingdom. (laughs) They wanted to be in power in the kingdom. They wanted to sit on the right hand and the left hand in the kingdom. And the, and the, the Lord's answer there. And Jesus answered in 22, You know not what you ask. Are you able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of and be to bap- baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And they said to him, We are able. And he said, Ye shall indeed drink. And you can follow that on there. But they were requesting that they be with the king in his kingdom, in authority. And we go to chapter 21 and verse 5 and 9. Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek and sitting upon an ass, and a colt, the foal of an ass. Thy king cometh unto thee. This was prophesied in the Old Testament, and that's what is being fulfilled as verse 4 tells us so. And uh, that's what he did. (laughs) He rode into Jerusalem and caused quite a stir as you read through these verses in verse 9. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. The son of David, the king, (laughs) the promised one. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And well, the religious people were getting very, very upset. And they, because this was the king coming in and all Jerusalem was moved at this time. So Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem. Then we get to chapter 23 and see what happens in chapter 23 and a lot between there. And starting with verse 13. What did the Lord do and say to these religious people? Woe. Verse 14. Woe. 15. Woe. 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 To you. You've had everything. To you have been given the oracles of God. To you who are the chosen nation. You've rejected the truth. Just as your fathers slew the prophets, so you are going to slay them and slay me. Ye serpents, ye generation of vipers, how can ye escape the damnation of hell? This is totally different to the way the Lord was talking in early parts of the Gospel of Matthew. It's now progressed to the point that he's been resisted so much and uh, the, the... 
they're attributing his works to the devil when they were the works of the Holy Spirit that he's saying, you have been rejected. You are no longer going to be, going to be the ones at this time to inherit the kingdom. And then he gets to chapter 23 and verse 37. And the Lord Jesus is looking at Jerusalem. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them that are sent unto thee, how often I would gather thy children as a hen gathers her chickens and ye would under her wings and ye would not. They deliberately, purposefully rebelled. Ye would not. He weeps over this city, over this people. Behold, your house, the house of Israel, is left unto you desolate. And only 30 so years later, it, was literally, it literally happened, didn't it? For I say unto you, ye shall not see me henceforth. Who is he talking to? He's talking to these Jewish people. These ones he just pronounced the woes upon. I say unto you, ye shall not see me henceforth till ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Has that happened? Has Israel said that? No. Will they one day say that according to scripture? Now look upon him whom they have pierced and they shall mourn. And, the, and they will say, how did we miss it? And I think it's like when, I really do, when Joseph made himself known to his brothers, he put all the world out, Egyptians out, and he made himself known. And what a sweet time it was. And they were trembling at his presence, and they were bowing, just as the Lord said that would happen, through the, through the dreams given to Joseph, bowing before him. And uh, we've just considered that last three nights in the evening classes, or four maybe. But till ye say, blessed is he. One day it's going to happen. It hasn't happened yet. When they will bow before the Lord, recognizing their Messiah. But at this time in Matthew, they've rejected his message. They've rejected, rejected his miracles. They've rejected his offer and he turns to others and says, this is the mystery form of the kingdom. This is the church that's going to happen. And he introduces that. And so we, here we are and the disciples, two questions just after that in verse um, chapter 24 and verse 2. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, there shall not be here left one stone upon another and that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came and unto him privately, saying, Tell us when these things shall be, that is, all the stones be thrown down, and what shall be the sign of thy coming? And Jesus <coughs> answered the, how is it, the, second, the first question last, and the, the second question right here in Matthew, and it follows in verse 4. What shall be the sign of thy coming of the end of the age? Jesus answered that. The other one, the answer is given in Luke 21 and 20 to 24, where it predicted that Jerusalem would be surrounded by the armies and it would be totally destroyed. And it happened under Titus, the Roman ruler, a Roman general, as he destroyed Jerusalem. And Josephus gives an account of that as he was with the Romans writing the history at that time. <clears throat> 
And so the king has come, he's presented himself, he's, pre he's authenticated himself. They progressively got more angry with him, the religious leaders, and rejected him. They blasphemed against him. He talked about the church in the, mystery, uh, the kingdom in mystery form, beginning with the parables of chapter 13. And then on the progression got to the point of great resistance against the Lord. And go to chapter 26 and verse 2. <clears throat> This is how far it went. See, the Lord knew this was going to happen all the time. But it played out in real life in this generation that we're reading of in Matthew. In verse 2 of 26, Ye know that after two days is the feast of the Passover, and the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified. <clears throat> Remember once when the Lord spoke about this, the reaction of Peter? What was Peter's reaction? Never. No, no, it's not going to happen. And, and it's just after, you know, the Lord has said, upon this rock I will build my church to Peter. And uh, the Lord said to him, when he's, Peter said, you're not going to die, the Lord said to Peter, what? Get thee behind me, Satan. That's not the plan. This is the plan. And it's, it's a, a bit amazing that men do that when they hear the plain teaching of the Lord Jesus himself, that Peter had the audacity to do that, to rebuke the Lord Jesus. You say, would a man do that? Well, he did. He didn't get the answer and response that he thought, but he did do it. And this is many times predicted that the king was going to be crucified. Verse 29 that we read, I think, a little earlier this evening of chapter 26. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of the fruit of this vine until the day that I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. That's coming. <laughs> That's coming. And verse 54 of the same chapter, it is written, But now, but how then shall the scripture be fulfilled that thus that thus it must be. <clears throat> That's where Peter drew his sword out and was going to fight these people that come to capture the Lord Jesus. And Jesus said, put up the sword. This is going to happen. Scripture has to be fulfilled. This is the way it's going to be. And in verse 56, but all this was done that the scripture of the prophets might be fulfilled. <laughs> the Lord knew exactly what he was doing and everything was calculated to happen and to fulfill the scripture at every jot and tittle for the first coming of the Lord Jesus. <coughs> Excuse me. So the king is going to be crucified. And we have, and we go to another book now, Mark chapter 15. Well, let's go to Luke because there's a passage, a few extra verses on this in Luke chapter 21, no, chapter 23. In verse 37, 23 and 37, <clears throat> and saying, If thou be the king of the Jews, save thyself. <clears throat> and this is where we were up to in our study, remember, in Matthew. And the superscription that was written over him in letters of Greek and Latin and Hebrew, this is the king 
of the Jews, the king and the kingdom. The king is being crucified. The kingdom has been postponed. The church has been introduced. And we'll start in the book of Acts. The church will. In chapter 27 of Matthew, sorry to make you travel a bit around in the scriptures, in 27 and verse 37. And set up over his head the accusation written, This is Jesus, King of the Jews. Capital letters, notice there. <laughs> this, <clears throat> this is Jesus. In verse 42, he saved others, himself he cannot save. If he be the King of Israel, let him come down from the cross and we will believe him. All the other miracles he'd done. Another one, you're going to believe? No, they wouldn't have. He could have, but he didn't because this was God's plan. This was God's purpose and it was going to be fulfilled. Thus it would be fulfilled. Put up your sword, Peter. This is going to happen. This is the, <clears throat> the road I'm going to take to the cross. He went. And, <clears throat> and I like, as we said last time, what I have written, I have written, said Pilate. <laughs> it stays like it is. You're not going to change the sign that I put over this person. And in Luke, Luke's Gospel in chapter 1 and verse 32. Luke's Gospel, 132. <clears throat> he shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord shall give, him, shall give unto him what? Is God the Father going to give unto this one, the Lord Jesus Christ, the throne of his father David? And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end once it begins. We know it goes on for a set period of time, but then out into eternity it will keep going. <clears throat> and this is what Isaiah prophesied in the Old Testament in Isaiah chapter 9. And verses 6 and 7, where we read this. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order and establish it, from henceforth or ever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. <clears throat> it hasn't happened. It is going to happen. The Lord, in the meantime, is building his church. The kingdom has been postponed. The Lord's building his church. Acts chapter 15. There's only a few more verses and we've, we'll be finished in Acts 15 verses 14 <clears throat> to 17. And I pray that you can get the picture, the bigger picture in your mind of the Gospel of Matthew from just going through a few of these verses in reference to the king and the teaching on the kingdom. Chapter 15, verse 14. <clears throat> Simeon, this is Simon Peter, hath declared how that God 
at the first did visit the Gentiles. You remember when we started? Go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Don't go to the Gentiles. Don't go to the Samaritans. But now we see in the book of Acts that Peter had declared how God did first visit the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And to this agree the words of the prophets of the Old Testament as it is written. After this, after what? After he has gathered from the Gentiles a people for his name, the church, the bride of Christ, the building, the body that's talked about in the book of Ephesians. After this, I will return and what will he do? He will build again the tabernacle of David. And what was David? The king of Israel, which has fallen down and I'll build again its ruins and will set it up. That hasn't happened. That will happen. That's just in the word of God. <laughs> Believe that it will happen because God said it would. In summary, the gospel of John in chapter 1 and verse 10 said, he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. He came to his own, the Jews, and his own received him not. They rejected him. They blasphemed against the work of the spirit that he worked, that was worked through the Lord Jesus. But as many as received him to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And that is in short form. <laughs> What has happened and is happening? First um, <clears throat> Timothy chapter 1 and verse 17, some people say, well, in the epistles it doesn't talk about him being the king and reigning. Well, let's turn to First Timothy chapter 1 and verse 17. First Timothy 1, 17 says, Now unto the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only... Wise God, be honour and glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In chapter 6 and verse 15 of 1 Timothy, which is, this is chapter 6, verse 15, <clears throat> which is, in his time he shall show who was the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and Lord of Lords. Where have you heard phrases like that before? Revelation chapter 17 and verse 14. That, that, that says, These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them, for he is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And they that are with him are called chose, the chosen and faithful. In chapter 19, the last verse, and verse 16 that we read tonight and he hath on his vesture and on he has on his vesture and on his thigh a name written which is king of kings and lord of lords the gospel of matthew gives us a great picture of the king and the kingdom what's happened to the kingdom it's been postponed it's in a mystery form it's the church he's calling out a people aren't you glad that he waited 2000 years because if he said it's all done a few years ago, a hundred years ago, what would happen? We would not be. <laughs> but we are. And we are coming so close. But we're not going to preach the kingdom is at hand, but we almost could. <laughs> it's close, isn't it? it it's the saber rattling over in the Middle East a lot. Because that's where it's going to be centred. That's where it's all going to happen.
And I think Australia's are so far away from it all, I think it will affect, it will affect the whole world <clears throat> when the king comes. And you could read Zechariah, you could read other portions where it happened in Matthew, where the king comes in all his power and glory to take over, to kick out, lock the devil up, <laughs> and uh, glory be to his name. He will do it. <laughs> he said he would, he will. So there's a, a brief picture. I, type, I wrote it all out for Elise to write up, and I said to Elise, you've got too much on. They'll just take notes. <laughs> and so we've, we've gone through those without, your, without notes to follow, but <clears throat> pray that you've got something from that. And as you read these Gospels and who they're aiming at, give, get an understanding. See the big picture. Because you can get, we can get, I can get bogged down in the, the nitty gritties of some things, but see the big picture, and see what the Lord's up to. Look around, and say, even so, come, Lord Jesus. What's the other word we say? Maranatha, <laughs> Maranatha.